0: You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about. Hi, right then, there we go. How are you, people? It is now eight oh two. Apologies for the slightly late start. Let's just switch that phone off for a start. Uh, welcome episode 52 of the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Um, if you are listening to the podcast, um, then thank you very much. <clears throat> Obviously you haven't um, joined us live, but just to remind you, you're always welcome to join us live, uh, by coming either along to the Sports Therapy Association Facebook page. Or if you don't like Facebook much, then um, you can join us uh, at YouTube as well. where it also streams live. Um, but to those of you who have joined us live, then thank you very much. People always coming in the room already hi catherine and if you do join us live just to remind you then any questions and comments you've got i can bring up on the screen uh people listening in audio land can't see that but there's catherine reimer i'm um, saying hi matt hi everyone um so it's a lovely way to network meet people let people know who you are etc cetera, etc cetera, if you do decide to join us on facebook or youtube so there we go um before we get into tonight's session which was originally planned to come out last month but um technical issues maybe we couldn't do it and ever since then people have been asking us when's it gonna happen when's insurance special uh to the to, to the extent that i'm quite scared now that people were so keen on it to happen i think it's all positive i think it's good i'm really looking forward to being our guest up um but obviously yeah, if you've got questions tonight more than ever it's all about you guys asking our guest uh, david balin um of balin's insurance um pretty much anything one really you know we will direct it he's told me he's um old enough and ugly enough to handle anything so fair it's all fair play and doors are open to you but before i do that um if you'd be so kind if you are listening on the podcast be nice give us a little nice rating and a review especially on apple podcasts it really helps just raise us on the google results and it helps just other people here and um, what we put out there and um, we have some fantastic guests amazing 52 episodes now um but they just kind of sit there dormant and unless you guys actually go in and put a rating and a review. So please take time to go on Apple. You can do it on your iPhones. It's like a two minute thing, go into your app and just leave a nice star on a view. And that will really help us out. Thanks very much. Last week um to Rachel Zoffness, Dr. Rachel Zofnes. Um Again, people have just, there's been a week of people saying that was great. Thanks very much. What was the book? It's been fantastic. I mean, I'm, I love all of the guests, but Dr. Rachel Zoffness in particular left a massive impression on you. I think it's something to do with the times. And we are moving into hopefully a new era where people are understanding a little bit more about the psychosocial element of biopsychosocial. It's all very positive. People are starting not to feel so challenged by realizing that a person's psychosocial state can have an effect on the levels of pain as well as, or in place of, actual tissue damage. So it's cool. I'm hoping we do our bit to help therapists evolve and move on along those lines rather than staying um, kind of like 10, 20 years ago. But guests like Dr. Rachel Zoffness, that was amazing. I mean, she was so calm and uh, but passionate at the same time and managed to explain some really complex things. It was great use of analogies. So if you haven't seen that, go along to YouTube. You can watch the video there or you can obviously listen to it on your uh favorite podcast app so thank you dr rachel's offness fantastic work um and obviously her website is there um you can check that out and um, there are links to the books there which you talked about last week which people are still raving about the pain management workbook and also the book which was specifically for teens with consistent or uh, chronic pain um so yeah check them out and um, there are links as well in the show notes if you go to podbean and also just another note as well, because he was a great guy who I haven't actually heard of before. Um, Dr. Zubin Damania, who's quite a celebrity on YouTube. I mean, in my innocence, maybe because I got a five year old and a three year old that's kind of cut YouTube videos out for me. But what a great guy. What a, she said a, what did she say he was? A, I can't remember the word now, but yeah, challenging, um, dogma and, and kind of not very nice stuff going on in the pharmaceutical world, a disruptor. That's the word she used. And I'd really recommend you check him out. Um, it's an amazing podcast that um he's called um Z Dog MD um and he did a great podcast um with um uh, Rachel's offness and I yeah check it out the link is in in the podcast notes as well on Podbean uh, well worth listening to and checking out his stuff unless you're a real kind of anti-vax uh, vacciner, in which case don't check him out because you won't like what he has to say. He talks evidence. It's not, it's not pretty for people who believe that vaccines are going to end the world. But anyway, without getting too much into that, uh, let's talk about tonight's guest, David Balin, not Balin's as I put on the advert. I'm sorry. David Balin is here. It's going to be a great opportunity for you guys. Um, obviously Balin's is not the only, um, insurance company in the world. Thank God, because otherwise it would probably be some monopoly and we'd have terrible service, but it is a company which obviously many members, um, for example, in STA, um, Uh, work with and support us i've been with balins probably for i don't know how many years over 10 years for various different parts of my life so yeah it's really exciting um but don't hold back on the questions if you've got something which has been bothering you um this man's got shoulders wider than the camera you'll see and um yeah it's your chance to answer it ask questions and we will hopefully help you. But we'll also have a chat about the history of Baylins, uh, where it comes from, what it was like having that kind of business during COVID and that sort of stuff. And we're also going to have Gary as well with us. So without further ado, I think I've done all the little admin work. We'll bring up um, David Balin and also Gary Benson, founder of the STA. Let's get rid of that and bring up these guys. There we go, even gentlemen. I, so I rambled on them for ages and ages. had so much to say. It's just, I don't know if you caught David, Dr. Rachel's off this last week. She was so good. I think, um, yeah, no in love is the wrong word. I was in love with the mind. Everything she said was just so it's just everything an educator should be. It was fantastic. Um, and something you're familiar with as well, because your history, you've been involved in yoga and mindfulness and kind of, obviously I'm interested in that as well. We'll talk about that in a bit, but first of all, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm sorry there's not more of us, Um, but, you know, you have to make do with David Balan because, you know, if there were more, as I said earlier, I could have achieved a hell of a lot more in my life. But, uh, hey, (laughs) you have to take what's offered, I'm afraid. Um, Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me. And as I say, sorry about the the hitch last year. I'm sorry also about the laptop wobbling around. I hope that'll – I'll try and step back. Maybe that'll work a little bit more. right so my question really to you and everyone is how can i help um we're we're about supporting people selling is part of what we do it it sounds cheesy but it's not we're not we're not driven by growth we're pulled by it and as a result you know we built up to 75 staff we in our pre-COVID days we had about 100,000 clients, I don't know what it is now, people are all coming back post-COVID, you know, and that means that we've had to build our own IT platform and compliance and, and, you know, educating the staff continually and, you know, behind the facade so much goes on that's not to do with selling but about making sure we're as good as we can be and we're not perfect, you know, and we make mistakes and everyone does and we're always trying to be learning and improving, but um today really I'm here just to not talk too much about me, although Matt is insistent that I tell you about the swinging sixties <laughs> and yes. my um my misadventures on the road to India and various other things which uh are kind of are so long ago i've m- more or less forgotten most of the detail of them anyway um All I would say is that, um, sorry, Matt, I'm sort of rambling. Is that okay? No, you go for it. It's it's lovely. The first time I've had a guest who
0: said, how can I help you? Wonderful. That's great. Great Ah. intro.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, um, yeah, I mean, what really kicked me off on the whole health thing was uh, coming from a suburban family, you know, it was the time of rebellion you know flower power is is a bit I wouldn't call it flower power, but certainly people were were rejecting dogma you know you talked about dogma you know I think we you know that there, there are dogmatic fixed ways of thinking that are persisted throughout history and now is no exception and it seems to kind of coalesce around science and you know um material you know pragmatic empiric knowledge which You know, I'm not knocking it. It's out of proportion. That's the problem. Um, So we do need more balance in your lives. And I I do salute you and your members because you, you know, massage is one of the things that I choose as a therapy. And I know that it helps me keep in homeostasis and balance, which was not what I was in India. Um, In India, I got, I had no knowledge of what I was doing. I was like 19, you know, trying all sorts of pharmaceuticals and other things that were, You know, breaking down one's mental conditioning and showing you that you can think and be differently. And out there, I got really ill. I got infected. Hepatitis nearly, nearly died. This was a road trip of about a year we were going because my passion was music and I wanted to learn Indian classical music. My mate uh, was a Frenchman who didn't speak any English. So that helped catapult my schoolboy French into doggerel Marseille kind of French with expletives and stuff so uh, that was a good education and um he wanted to learn the sitar so that's what drove us and um as i say we met americans that were dodging the the vietnam war and we learned a lot about what was going on and also a lot about the new thinking in health you know the um things like macrobiotics and you know natural approaches and um yoga came a little bit later a year later when i came back to england but um certainly it helped me get well for a start you know strategies about you can think differently you can you can meditate you can realize that your thoughts and feelings have an effect on who you are and what you do and um yeah that was breaking down the kind of dogma that one had grew, grown up in really and uh, uh yeah it was it was culture it, it was culture clash as well as it was creative you know and um, you know you think about a jewish mother in her kitchen you know to have her son come back and start cooking brown rice vegetables and seaweed when she was trying to give me loksh and chicken soup was quite a you know <laughs> it was it was quite a thing but anyway um, from that time passionate about it when i decided music wasn't where i wanted to carry on the rest of my life i got into spiritual teaching and and yoga and all sorts of other things diet and i was thinking about becoming an osteopath or a naturopath um, the problem in those days was you had to have A-levels in science and O-levels in science, and there was no way I was going back to school. So I just ended up helping Dad, basically, and at the same time I was teaching a yoga class. I was doing semi-pro gigs and recordings and stuff, and um, and I've sort of juggled a lot of that ever since in my adult life. I still play music. Um, I'm still um, I'm actually launching my own CD of 20-odd songs on my winged heart Music website, folks. So, um, if you ever listen to the interminable music on hold while you're gnashing your teeth trying to get through to the team at Balans, as I'm sure some of you must have during the COVID, um, you'll have heard some of my music there on the music on hold. <laughs> so, if it hasn't driven you nuts, there's a lot more where that came from, and that's on my website. It'll be uploaded in the next couple of days, the full CD so music's still there um a lot of gardening a lot of tree planting and and and, you know uh, that kind of thing i got very involved in the healing movement and you know through time i've been teaching people how to do healing self-development meditation and stuff alongside you know educating people about how to run their practices so i could ramble on about me i don't want to um what i do want to talk about is evidence and the reason I want to talk about evidence briefly before we start talking about insurance is that a few years back, some of you may well know, especially those of you that know about or know osteos or caros or homeopaths will know that the so-called um um what can we call them they call themselves skeptics, I think, but I think dogmatists you know would be also an accurate word, and they they unleashed a campaign which totally has undermined a lot of the good that was being done um, in osteocara and various other fields. Um, And basically anything to do with complementary therapy, they always say there is no evidence to support. And seeing so many clients under attack, as we did, I I just got motivated and said, look, you know, why can't we adopt the mores of, of public health? Public health bases its, its, its findings on big data, you know, you get massive amounts of data. So you can start to see what is real. And I felt, well, as I've known during my many, many years of involvement in the movement that so many people get helped by what you and people in the sector do, um, I thought, well, why don't we look at qualitative outcome research rather than practitioner or researcher delivered research? I'm not saying that's wrong or it's not needed, but You know, let's get masses of data about people who don't resort to drugs and medicine all the time, or certainly not as their this is the only uh, show in town for me kind of decision making. And um, I started talking to professors who got involved with the cam sector, like Dave Peters of Westminster and George Lewis of Southampton and Paul Dieppe of um, uh, of Exeter, and so on and so forth. And we started to formulate what needed to be done. To the team came along, Rob, I'm I'm going into this in detail for a reason. Um, Because you asked me what I'm doing these days. This is one of the things I'm doing. I want to get data for our sector from the people that receive the treatments, not the people that deliver them. And we've designed with Rob Verkirk and Melanie Aldridge, Alliance for Natural Health. That's another website that you, you people need to plug into because... It's a lot of good information that's very often evidence-based that comes through them. And, um, you know, he fights dogmas as well. He's a, he's a scientist, he's a researcher, and uh, these people are well worth plugging into. He has, has come into the team as has Rosie Daniel, who's a doctor and uh, another doctor and various people. And we're very close to cut a long, long story short to launching our app very shortly. And I'd like to feel that your members will help us once we get the um, once we get the pilot through, we're going to restrict the pilot to about 50 people, then we're going to cascade it out to all of you. This is a gift, I'm funding this, okay. Um, the software and all the rest of it. Um, it's not Balan's money, it's my money, and um, you know, I don't want thanks for it. I just feel that we've got to change the mindsets, you know, the, the, it's it's got to shift. It is shifting, we could say, but it's still very much in the wrong direction you know one one size fits all so um we had a very inspiring conference last week the balen cpd the annual event that was on mental health and well-being i would uh, urge all of you to check it out it's going to be on the website in a couple of months because it needs editing and stuff some of you may have attended it was a brilliant day and um we had um rosie daniel was talking about mapping mental and emotional health we had the guy that's um does the social prescribing the, ch- the, the chair of the college of medicine michael dixon telling us what's going on in networks and there's there's ways that you can get in and get work through these social prescribing networks we then had um a lady from our our lawyers who defend our clients talking about you know the, the legal side of mental health and then we had um a lady from Birmingham Mind who was telling us about all the maps and pathways. Again, there are ways that you as massage therapists can get plugged into that. And um, then we did our Hawthorne spot and we did a demo of the app. So there's a lot of good mind food in there. Our new website has got a lot of information on it. It's more of an educational platform than a kind of selling platform. Um, But obviously we want to build portals and make it easier to contact uh, for our clients to contact us so we are working on um really system renewal you know trying to build back post covid not in terms of business but in terms of platform service it um all of that stuff because you know like all of you or quite a few of you i'm sure you know covid's had a big effect on us um And I'm not whinging. I'm just sorry for all the people that have suffered, Um, and I won't get political. Don't worry. Um, But all the people have suffered for whatever reason, wherever. Uh, Yeah. So fantastic, right? So, so uh, anyway, look, I'll shut up now because I know (laughs) you're going to ask me a few questions. But I I just want to say that there's stuff that we want to support you with that isn't just about insurance. And even if you don't have your insurance with us, you can still access some of these um, offerings that we have.
0: I think it's really interesting. And and the reason I haven't cut in and stopped you is because it's really I'm sure unless people have actually been to the website and read the about section, which I'm not sure many people do when you go to insurance website, they should do because they get more of an insight into how much you are a champion um, for the cause of health and well-being, the campaigning you've done um the 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 stuff you're involved in especially after kind of moving away from um Bailins and having more time to do it so it's nice it's great to have an actual idea of what's going on behind balans rather than just the stereotype insurance company and um, they'll catch you with the small prints all the kind of negative stuff we've got associated with. they think it's just money 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 you're never going to claim they're just taking your money which is not at all what you guys are about so it's really healthy to learn about you know you um I wanted to ask, um, before we move on to questions, I know Gary's got some questions from members which we're going to get through to. And and don't forget, people who are joined us live, you're welcome to put questions there as well. I wanted to just ask you, um, what do you think have been the main strains for Balins as a company during COVID? You mentioned COVID, and I know we've all had the stress and strains and particularly soft tissue therapists because some we've been told we can't work some people suddenly said you can work it's been a mess and we're talking about people losing their money and career but just to get the other perspective before people asking questions how's COVID-19 had an effect on the actual company selling insurance what's it been like for you guys at the end
1: well I, I think the first thing is we've been just overwhelmed with queries and the queries are a mixture of reasons one is like you said their professional association couldn't give them a concrete answer about whether they could or couldn't do something um the government kept as we know for all sorts of reasons changing its view the uh, and and of course you had different things going on in different countries like ireland wales and scotland as well um so there was there was all of that we did put um notifications on our website but not everyone would would read it or if they did um they would say well they're just trying to fob us off but what we had to say was look it's a public health issue ergo is ruled by public health law so we can't tell you to do something that the government is saying you can't do, um, so we were a bit of a, a whipping boy for um, quite a, a lot of frustration and negativity at, at times, uh, particularly you know for those people that had a premises um, and found that their business interruption policy or section didn't cover a business interruption due to a pandemic. And as some of you may know, uh, it went to the, the it went on appeal to the to the highest courts in the land. And even they struggled to come up with a, a definitive answer, although it was, you know, so we were caught in the crossfire of a lot of that. And, you know, a lot of complaints because people couldn't get anywhere with their insurers. Uh, um, you know, it, it's just it, it has been an avalanche of queries and situations to deal with. And I'm not complaining. It's, it comes with the territory. But you asked how it was. I would say extremely stressful for our staff. And I care very much about our staff as well as caring about our clients. And, um, you know, everyone had to work from home. Our IT backbone had to support all sorts of things. Um, Anyway, I won't go into a lot of detail. We haven't got much time. It's been a challenge. And on top of that, because we have European clients, Brexit caused us massive headaches. So we have Brexit and COVID all hitting us at the same time for all sorts of Different problems that they they brought up, which you don't want to hear about here. But trust me, it's cost an arm and a
0: leg and a lot of stress. Uh,
1: <laughs> let's just leave it at that and draw a line.
0: Right. Okay. Now, um people watching live will see that Gary has disappeared, the camera wise. So I'm just going to kick Gary out, and he can join in again. You can't see Gary either, can you, Dave? No, no, I can see his right. name. It's not just me, just his name, right? So let's kick Gary out. Gary, it's the reason br- I'm kicking it's you out it's not personal. <laughs> you just just it to wall
1: is that his (laughs) screensaver if you can hear
0: me gary um you're out but do join us again and come back boom remove i think it's because he uses a mac it's just one of these mac people that's all about anyway gary will be back shortly um so but we've got some questions from um people who are from the sta sports lobby association who have written in for us some of them obviously you might not be familiar with i'm hoping some of them you are it might not be obviously a a black and white answer but um here they are. are you ready yeah you ready yeah, he's ready okay so yeah. first of all um, there was a couple of people who are asking about um iastm so instruments assisted soft tissue mobilization um um yeah mm-hmm. th- there seemed to be some people were suggesting that they're being charged an additional premium um to have it covered um, some people um uh, are finding that it's part of the affinity scheme policy already what is there a clear yes or no with regards to is I had
1: to ask the answer uh, to this because uh, I'm not so clued in day to day these days. But as I understand it, instrument assisted massage is covered and there's no additional to pay. Okay. however, instrument assisted mobilization requires an additional. So that's the difference. It's, It's what you're using it for rather than whether you're using it or not.
0: Okay people in here if anyone here did ask that question then let me know obviously write in the comments if that has answered it um if you're listening on the podcast and you're one of the people who asked that question then hopefully that answer has solved it if it's not then make sure you come into the facebook uh, page or or
1: write us an email and we'll deal with it because the thing with with what we do you know we've got over i don't know how many is it four thousand different techniques and therapies we deal with at balans you know and when you multiply that by 80 to hundred thousand clients you know etc cetera, etc cetera, um the complexity is that sometimes the reason someone pays extra is because there's some other factors that it's not always obvious to the to the naked eye as it were
0: there you go gary, gary's back thank you david for that answer um you're back gary nice to see you again you did a shower much yeah i've got <laughs>
2: can you hear me okay
0: yeah you look totally different in a shave yeah definitely he did he did
1: did all that in five minutes
0: i was gonna say that's amazing
2: it looks like a new man's lost 10 uh, years my uh, my power went off on my on my mac imax so uh yeah yeah. Um, i missed everything you didn't (laughs) miss (laughs) all your questions
0: it's all covered it's all (laughs) answered yeah. Now, all you missed, Gary, was the question about the um, the instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization. Um, some people getting charged, some people not. Apparently, it depends on what you're using the tool for. If it's for mobilization specifically, then there may well be a premium because it's, you're using it for that. But if you're not using it for mobilization, um, if it's just for instrument-assisted what do you call it, massage, then there's not. So it depends on what you're using it for.
2: Yeah, so, so Mike, to expand on the reason for the question then, is mm-hmm. that obviously we've got members who have – uh, a soft tissue um qualification sports yeah. massage uh, you know a level three level four for example and um, mm-hmm. we've got uh, graduate sports therapists, graduate sports rehabilitators so the, what i put to katie was um you know why are some people being um charged a premium and others are not and i the question I asked was, is it dependent on their core qualification? Because it may have been covered as part of a, a, a wider qualification in a sports therapy degree, but it might not have been yeah. covered in a soft tissue. I,
1: I uh, would I, I, I can't answer you without referring that other than to say that normally that's not how we do it. We you know, it, <clears throat> when we're asked to do specific kinds of technique, which, as I explained earlier, we do about 4000 plus of these. Um usually there either is or isn't a rate depending on what it's used for. If it's used for specific mobilisation and, you know, more invasive kind of work on the soft tissue, then as I understand it, they charge an additional premium. So it's not whether they covered it on a course or not, or how many years qual they've got. It's more about what they're actually using it for. We're assuming they're qualified in the first place. So that that doesn't come in. They have the baseline for sta membership
2: Uh, just to expand on that then if um client a and client b both have the same qualification from training center um you know x the 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 disparity has been that a and b have been given different information so it's just a clarification Hmm. really of, of, of what it what's going to be covered and um do you ask the question about what it's going to be used for then when somebody contacts you or You know, if they upload their certificate, is it just taken as that's the qualification?
1: Well, I think that's a good point. Uh, The answer to that is they've this is what I've been told. I think if you've got a couple of people who've got someone who's been charged extra where someone they know hasn't. The best thing is if you email me in the first instance, I think, and then I'll I'll port it through to the right person. We'll look into it because, as I said earlier, you know, it's not an excuse. It's a reality. It's a fact. You know, with 80,000 plus clients and 75 staff, occasionally you might get the odd person that comes in through one person who, who rates it a certain way or someone misses the rating and doesn't rate someone when they should have rated it extra. So I think it could be about the mechanics of how it came into us. Um, normally, we try and adhere to standards across the board, and we do. Our underwriting guide is pages thick as you can imagine. Um, so I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying that probably if you get that kind of instance, let us know. And and sometimes there's a very good reason why that's happened. And it's not what you think. There are other factors involved, as I said earlier, that 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 make that a different scenario. And it's not particularly the technique. It's something else that's contributed to the loading.
2: Yeah. I know that you you were mentioning earlier about, um, you know, post covid and. Um, you know some some of the members have experienced difficulty in 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 kind of getting through um how close are you back to being at capacity so that members can get access to the um you know to the staff um are you back at full staffing numbers you know at the moment you're operating a you know a contact system on certain days of the week and how close are we getting back to you know every day of the week or six yeah. days five days yeah
1: well I, i've 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 tabled that motion in, in various board meetings as well um we're trying to tread the right line between the staff mental health and well-being because it's been very very stressful it's not an excuse again it's a fact um clearing the backlogs so that we can actually deliver a service level agreement that that, that equates with how it was pre-covid certainly we haven't got anyone on furlough anymore so people are coming back we've recruited more staff so we're bringing new staff in they'll need training so to answer your question um i was hoping that we could have been back to um you know coming off the was it three days a week on the phone i think it was otherwise getting people to email in um by the end of this month and I will find that out and get back to you just the progress on that but certainly everyone wants to get back to it um we have to just do it in a in a way that works for everybody if people are urgent and they need to get through very often the query is something which could have been just written in an email and responded to an email certainly we're getting back to people within two days at worst three days I'm given to understand so uh, I'm sorry if people have had struggles and problems with it. Um, you know, it's frustrating to me, you know, and it's frustrating to everyone and it's not where we want to be going forward, that's for sure. Um, I, the other I'm thing funny. to say is that we are we've we've developed a, a, a client portal on our IT and website. You know, one of the reasons we launched a new website is it'll enable us to do more stuff. Um because the old one had old technology. So this portal will allow people to actually download stuff straight through to us. And if it's straightforward things like change of address or phone number or additional quals or, you know, or they want another copy of their certificate because they've lost it or what have you, they can just do that without even contacting anyone at Balance because it'll go straight into our database. So that's launching virtually any day now. So there, there are things we've been doing, particularly on our IT platform um, behind the scenes to try and, um, as it were, make, make it easier to get hold of us and easier to get what people want. So, you know, I I do take that very much on board and um, I'll find out a date for you. But as I say, as I understood, it's in the next few weeks that we should be, you know, back to, uh, to strength.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, Matt, there's a couple of questions. Yeah, we've got a few uh, questions coming in.
0: Let's just uh, welcome, first of all, I think, I don't know what our furthest, um, joiner is live, but hi to Kamis Atia Hegazi. Sorry about my pronunciation saying hello from Metro City, Egypt. I wish you great success. And you too, Kamis. Oh, nice to have you join us. Yeah, thank okay. you very much. Um, and also we got here abdul hafiz paswaya again sorry about pronunciation um abdul says i do a lot of different treatments including massage etc one of the treatments we provide is wet cupping um, which isn't provided or covered by balance at the moment will this be covered in the future wet cupping i
1: was first approached by a um um, a college who taught cupping uh, where you actually um pierce the skin and uh, I, i if that's what the gentleman means by wet cupping um we insured it for a while um and in in consultation with the insurers we stopped insuring it so if it's that kind i know there's a traditional uh medicine role that that kind of cupping has but um we stopped doing it uh, we were in at the beginning and stopped doing it uh, i think there are people that still do that um if it's any other kind of copying, as I understand it, if it's part of what, what you learn on the course and it's non-invasive, we include it free of charge on a normal STA policy anyway.
0: OK, Abdul, if you want to come back on that, obviously, you're welcome. Um, continue writing in the comments. Thank you very much for that answer. Um, also, I noticed, uh, oh, yeah, going back to the topic of IASTM. Uh, Alex Hall says I will read it out for people listening on the podcast the title of the CPD may be a source of confusion here IASTM is instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization however it's not mobilization in the traditional sense of the word yeah I was thinking that I mean I'm not that familiar with IASTM but what is it people are doing with the tools which would be regarded as mobilization are they using them to try and manipulate or something
1: what are the tools first of all it's presumably it's not a chisel and a hammer
0: it looks like it but they cost more but no it's like they they're tools which you can either use for kind of like um what they would call scraping or just a, an alternative to fingers and elbows and things graston sort of technique um and and they're quite popular either for saving your hands and elbows and some people will go further um but then i'm not sure myself actually i probably need alex maybe you're the person what is is there a type of use of this tool to actually perform mobilizations in the traditional sense or I don't know. I'm not the person to ask this. Somebody else. Well, uh, uh, hang on a minute. If it's if we're not talking about electrically
1: driven. No, instruments, mm, If I'm we're sorry, just talking know. about a hand device um, and it's not used in any sensitive areas of the body where it could cause severe harm. if It's not, you know, a sharp or pointed thing, which I wouldn't imagine it would be. I can't really see a problem with it. Um, if they're using it to do don't quote me on this because I could be dropping my what's it in this but to me it seems reasonable that if you're using a tool uh, to save you know RST and all the rest of it I mean I know my massage practitioner uses her elbows sometime and that's not exactly a lightweight technique um, that um, I, I wouldn't actually see a problem with it so uh, I, I'll discuss that one with Katie because it that's the trouble with words isn't it um yeah, you know yeah, everyone episode. has different associations with words and meanings so uh yeah yeah let, let's um ha- i mean have we got some can someone send me a link to where these things are described so we can have a look at it yeah, um, or, good but, point. Yeah, presumably case has already seen it or the team have already seen it so i mean i don't want to reinvent the wheel but um uh, okay, that no would uh, be my view on it, really, because you're using your skill and care and knowledge mm. that you've already learned they... and are growing with. So, you know, I, I wouldn't see a problem
2: including it personally at no additional charge, but I need to find out the whys from, and wherefores. From my perspective, you, you know, some of the techniques that I see, um and the, I think you mentioned it, the Graston technique, Matt. You know to me that looks so invasive you know people are coming out covered in bruises and i think that's far too invasive and i think that in those instances somebody needs to be producing a certificate of competency and not just a certificate of attendance because oh great if you're carrying out a treatment that's causing that level of bruising you know i'm flabbergasted by it but you know a wider point from alex then is that you know qualification and cpd titles they, they change so much where you know I'll, I'll use one example There was one training provider who historically had a, a very good reputation for delivering a dry needling qualification um during COVID, it became a you know a, a two-day online 99 quid course which i think is well I, I haven't got the words to describe it it angers me um but You know, why, why are they getting away with it? You know, is it the industry's fault? Is it the insurer's fault? Should the insurance company be saying, well, actually, we don't accept that because I've, I've gone out to my members and said, look, I don't accept this course for CPD because I don't think it's safe. I don't think you can be assessed appropriately over a Zoom call, sticking needles in people when there's so, much risk, so uh, much risk i agree
1: well look uh, we were having a, a very nice conversation before we went online weren't we matt and uh yeah we've talked a bit about this whole issue about cpd qualifications etc and i did say to you that Balens has had a, a policy not rigid but a general policy which is that we didn't accept distance learning courses where there's no practical component and where there's no proper examination. And we could have been very rich because there are insurance brokers who take all of this stuff. They get thousands and thousands of clients. Not all of them stay longer than a year or two years. But, you know, that's for them. We believe in supporting the sector and in standards, not rigidly, dogmatically. You have to be flexible and common sense. And and amongst that has been our our view on, CPD, first of all, and then I'll talk about dry needling in a minute. CPD for us is about the the growth and the development of the individual and shouldn't necessarily be a way of earning more money fairly cheaply and at not great cost to you in terms of the work that you put in to get that qual. Now, we get asked this a lot, particularly chiropractors who are very highly, as you know, qualified. And there are certain CPD courses we will not accept. They have, because they are attendance courses. Now, unless there's a certificate of competence which has been judged, then that's normally not fodder for us. I can't say hand on heart that 103% of everything that's been sent to us doesn't occasionally slip through because you can imagine how many thousands of courses there are and have been in history. Um, you know but we do our best and we generally we make a pretty good fist of it but the point i'm making here is that we do uphold those standards you've just enunciated gary um and i would also talk further about um about dry needling because um for years we've agreed dry needling initially it was the osteos and the caros that needed it because um they were starting to find, you know, as you know, that there are certain ways you can reduce inflammation. There are certain ways that you can help ease pain all the rest of it. Um, that's fine, but they have to have had some way of being judged competent, even if they're osteos or caros. So for people to do an online course to anyone who, isn't, who hasn't even done a, the equivalent of a university degree in osteo or caro, for example, or physio, um, for me, that would be a no. Uh, now, um, and that's the, and and the whole of the staff know that that is our approach. So, uh, hopefully, nothing major has slipped through in that regard. And I, I want to say something else about dry needling. We had courses that we said, okay, we'll insure these people in Ireland, and we learned after the event that the the, the course person was not adhering to the standards we'd laid down, and actually out of the blue, we've got about four or five serious claims for dry needling, serious to the point that the insurer wanted to pull out dry needling in Ireland. So, you know, it, it, that wasn't our reason. Our reason was about standards. But here you have an obvious example of, if you don't maintain those standards, and it's not just about, oh, they'll pay a claim, that's tough. Think about the poor um, patient client who had to suffer at the hand of it you know let's be clear about this this isn't just about our profession or our sector it's about the people we're looking after so um yeah so as you can imagine i'm quite exercised about it even though i'm feeling quite chilled this evening
2: yeah so what what happens at the moment on the sta affinity scheme um uh, dry needling is covered in the in the normal premium and medical acupuncture which is an extra three to six days training above and beyond dry needling that attracts a 25 percent premium so just for anybody who's, who's listening to the to the podcast um, could, could what... i
1: just interrupt you and ask yeah. what does medical acupuncture mean because three to five days extra doesn't feel much
2: to do a proper acupuncture course no so no, what's so... involved in that no, we're not we're not talking about uh, an acupuncture degree, but dry needling typically is described as trigger point needling. Yeah, sure. Um, when people are, are along the respected trainers like uh, Dr. Chris Norris and Bernard Nolan, they te- teach medical acupuncture, which is, uh, you know, the start of the um, working on meridians and, and probably disease management, if you like. I mean, I don't dry needle anyway, um, so I'm probably not the the best person to explain it but my understanding is there's there's an extra three to five days practical training but there's also a number of case studies pre-course reading some theoretical assignments etc so it's not necessarily just three to five days training it's a lot more um, comprehensive but one of the things that that um, gets me again is you know, some of these companies are accepting level three sports massage therapists. And and over the years, you know, going back to pre 2009, the level three was quite a comprehensive qualification. Yeah. 2009 to 14, some was, some wasn't. And in 2014, it, you know, and the industry has to take the blame for this, for allowing it to happen and not challenging it enough at the time. And the awarding organisations simply sell courses. You know, it's a numbers game to them. But we've now got you know a situation where a level three sports massage therapist qualified after 2014 has no remedial remit whatsoever you know and the insurance limits that and i do explain this to my members that they're applying massage to non pathological tissue and yet it's some of these companies are saying, well, yes, yeah, you can come and do our dry needling course or you can come and do our instrument assisted course. You know, and to me, that's immoral and unethical because they can't use it. They can't become insured for it. And, and I've spoken, you know, with the with the balans team. And, you know, I'm, I'm relieved to say that, they've, you know, they, they support me and they do come through to me to ask me for clarification on on certain things. So, you know, I'm Good. tightening up. On that, that, I
1: mean, absolutely. And that that's that's the way we work you know we're affinity driven and we support you and your views now you know not all affinities have those those standards and we have to work with with other people but there comes a point where there is a common norm below which no one wants to go but there will always i suspect be a place that those sorts of people can get insured um yeah you know it's just not our not our bag really um any other questions that I haven't answered that you think are important?
0: We've got a few, Gary. What about the um, boom, 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 shockwave therapy? We made a few questions yeah. about that, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, <laughs> Sorry, it's I just don't... some of these names do make me smile. I've heard a few in yeah. my time. So, again, you don't do really leeches, weird. presumably, do you? you haven't got. Well, that's
0: wet cupping, them. isn't it? I think they have already <laughs> talked about that.
2: Uh,
1: yeah. No. no
0: just not that's muck, the idea behind it.
2: Matt, just be aware that some of these questions coming in from...
0: Um, yes, I can uh, see.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll leave those out. Um, but yeah, Shockwave therapy. Um, to me, you know, there are, there are training companies out there. There are some very good training companies and we've had two um, web chats with, with um, Over Ingard and Mike Grice on on, on the efficacy of Shockwave and, and, you know, who should and who shouldn't be administering it. You know, I'm I'm seeing on on social media um you know level three sports massage therapist buying a cheap chinese gun um and and using it you know I'm, i'm wondering is there a minimum standard that the person should be educated to for you to accept them you know to have a shockwave on their policy
1: i'm not trying to be political or avoiding the question um, what I'd rather say is, A, I, I don't know what shockwave guns are. The fact they come from China is interesting, but most devices do seem to come from there. Um, I think that's something that, that should be discussed with the team and in conjunction with how you as an association want want the scheme to run. You know, I think we, we have to support your view on these things. I mean, some of the schemes you've run in the past, I mean, a reflexology one from the nineteen nineties. Yeah, we've been doing it this long, you know, mm-hmm. over thirty years in specialising. um You know, she didn't want anything other than reflexology on her scheme, and mm-hmm. you know the fact that that was always a multi therapy thing. You know, you always find people doing massage or other bits and bobs of aromatherapy. Absolutely, only that, and and we respected that. Um, you know, so. What I'm saying is it can be as restrictive or as, as, a, as, as open as you want. And, and at the end of the day, look, we, I know from many years in the sector, thousands of conversations over the years with people that, you know, they, they like building their palette. It's what makes them unique to their clients is the kind of the range of things that they can offer and are skilled in. So we try not to be overly. I'm going to use the d word i haven't used d word for so long dogmatic about this um <clears throat> it's obviously a theme um you know we we try and keep an open mind there are obviously standards um i mean how different is it for example from a um you know um a pulse machine or or electrotherapy you know is it similar kind of thing or is it a bit more invasive if that's the case, then we obviously need to know what are the safety features, how well are people trained? Do they know what the um, the red flags would be for using that? You know, like, for example, if someone's got high blood pressure, is that something that they would have shockwave therapy or it's a it's a non-starter? So, I mean, there's a whole load of stuff that goes behind this. I mean, we do a lot of beauty therapists, for example, uh, in that sector we got pulled in some years ago to help out. And, you know, it is mind- it's mind numbing the number of different techniques and treatments that there are. And a lot of them are electrotherapy and quite a few of them are quite invasive. And we work very much with the large beauty organisations who set standards to, you know, we work with them as to what is safe, you know. And and, and it's kind of an evo- what I'm trying to say is it's an evolving conversation rather than
2: a yes, no answer so do you you know if if you and i had a chat or you you know i and one of your team had a chat about shockwave therapy then do you then take the information and go to the underwriters and ask for an opinion on that or do you go to the underwriters say well i want to i want this covered on the policy who, who has the final say in it
1: well that's a very good point um we are deemed specialists by the insurers so they give us a fair amount of um I said rope tang ourselves. Not quite. They, they give us, <laughs> they give us a, a, a bit of leeway because of our expertise and experience. So within certain parameters, we will generally judge something is OK or not OK. If it's out with the norm and or particularly invasive and new, then it's something we will we'll, we'll assess all the risk. We'll get all the guff from the person asking. We'll then refer it to underwriters and dialogue with them. So um, it's not why we, it's not that we, you know, have ultimate total decision all the time. But within the day-to-day flow of of business with 4,000 plus techniques, as I said, you know, um, certain guidelines about what courses and what competency we're looking for, um, we have a certain degree of autonomy.
2: Yeah. And and can an association like ours then, could we negotiate exclusions if we felt strongly about? Absolutely. yeah
0: absolutely
1: of course yeah because look at the end of the day if people it's a free country they can choose another insurer hey or they could choose another association if they felt and some people do they feel well i want to do this and they don't like this so i'm going to leave you know there's all sorts of uh, things that, that, that that discuss what people do our interest is you and your members for the purpose of this talk nothing else exists and nothing else is important
2: it's what you and the members want. Thank you very much. Any questions, Matt? That you can see?
0: I've been looking through here. There's uh, bum, bum. no. I think everyone is sitting there. I mean, there was one person again. I don't want to miss um, bum, 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 Catherine. Now, Catherine says, um, "This is going back a bit, but I paid extra for cupping therapy. I use it as an aid alongside sports massage. It was this dry cupping then, Catherine? I presume." Um, it sounds similar to ISTM should it have been under the umbrella of sports massage? Um, so you said that way, not you said if it's dry cupping, then it should come underneath yeah. the umbrella I mean, in theory. i give
1: you an idea. We, we do uh, the Shiatsu society and various Shiatsu associations. They use cupping. In fact, mm, they use yeah. Moxa and cupping, which is heat based cupping. Um, mm. and, um, in fact, as far as I can remember, we, we didn't charge extra for that because it was part and parcel of what they did. Um, but as i said where it's um where it's the sort of cupping they call it wet cupping and i think it's the one where they actually draw blood mm-hmm. um and that can produce bruising and stuff and wheels and stuff as well you know and i and it's a traditional technique and people get benefit from it and you know that's fine and the people that we insured were ultra hygienic they did all videos to explain how 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 much you know um, risk prevention etc um we won't go into it for various reasons we stopped doing it um but but certainly the dry cupping and or moxa cupping is something we've done for 30 plus years
0: so maybe an email then catherine just to check what happened there there might be some other and again, look, like those, guys so if you got
1: uh, you know chuck them through matt and me and then we'll i'll sort it out with the teams for you it gives me something to do apart from gardening and music and doesn't sound like you're doing stuff, that much you know i'm you know
0: was there any other questions from members, Gary? That you have on your list at all? I don't think I've got any more down here. I think we've covered them all. Actually. Yeah, one of the
2: things that comes up regularly, and we're talking about CPD again, David. And um, people will ring me and ask me for advice, and they say, "Well, I'm thinking of doing a, uh, you know, a one day diploma with a, with a major provider," um, and I, you know, I question whether it's worthy. Uh, you know, why it's called a one day diploma? It, it doesn't meet the the educational criteria, and um, you know from an insurance perspective you know how frustrated are you um, and I know things have changed and you mentioned earlier about with COVID we are seeing more blended learning programs and, and and again I think it was mentioned that I can't see us going back to the to the old system now things have things have been introduced and they seldom get um, deintroduced, whatever the word is um, but you know how frustrated are you with with the way that some some training providers are, you know are are delivering content over which there seems to be no external validity? And does it make your job difficult? Uh,
1: what makes it difficult is when you refuse people because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they don't always like to take no for an answer because they've invested all this money or they've got their heart set on doing something. Um, uh, as I said to you, um, a one day diploma doesn't sound. It, 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 I don't know what the word is, but it—it's it, not. Um, you wouldn't normally associate one-day learning with a diploma, mm. um, and I mean, if it's a simple technique which is tested and can be tested, objectively tested, so that person is competent. Well, great, you know. Um, I uh, frustrated probably isn't the right word because I appreciate people want to make. Money and they're trying to be creative by delivering courses and marketing those courses and stuff. Um, and people want a point of difference when they're treating other people. I do get all that, um, but we mustn't forget not just the health and well-being of the client, but the reputation of the sector and the reputation of the association. Uh, you know, and so there there are kind of a lot of soft issues around this that are not immediately obvious that are tied into what you've just said and for me if I take my insurance hat off because as an insurer we'll either do it or not or we'll try and be flexible or if we got something a bit wrong we'll try and make it right but you know I think from a from a bigger perspective you know we all want to be taken more seriously by the decision makers that's as I say one of the reasons why we got our Hawthorne Collaborative which, by the way, is apolitical, and it's a community we want to build internationally. We we have all sorts of people internationally, and you know, it's about coming together and finding what what unites us. And um, you know, um, I know in when you're competing with other people, it's what's your point of difference. But but surely that model, you know, that kind of Darwinian thing, is only good up to a certain point, and it's not actually how how the world operates it operates more on cooperation and collaboration um so i think that you know um from a point of view of i don't know what i'm trying to say i'm obviously rambling off the point badly but i i think that you know the, there are bigger issues let's put it that way and this kind of um if it is that i'm not saying it is but if if, if a one-day diploma course is actually stepping outside of you know everything that, that you are trying to build, you know, respectability, acceptability, whatever it is that you feel is lacking from a greater recognition by a government and politicians who still refer to the your sector as as massage parlours, you know, etc. cetera. You know, I rest my case. There's a big mental shift that needs to go on there. And I agree with you, post-COVID, things are different. And the thing is, OK, you, there's certain things you can learn online, You can get generic information online. You can even do a a bit of monitoring and mentoring online. There is no substitute for being in the same room as someone, having that feedback, having that kind of group interaction and group learning that you get in a class. And, of course, having proper exams and quals where people have to sweat their stuff and work hard to get that sense of achievement at the end of it. And ultimately, there are no shortcuts. You know, I'm 73 in September. I'm still I almost swore there. I'm still <laughs> bloody learning, and you know, I, you, you asked me one of the questions you asked me was like, "And what do you think you've achieved, or what your grace machines?" I don't think I've achieved anything. I, I'm very much work in progress. Balans is work in progress. We all are, yeah. you know. But we have got to have a sense of humour and, and kind of feel that we're something part of something bigger, and that we we can't keep blaming whether it's the government or we're blaming COVID or we're blaming something. You know, at the end of the day, we just got to do our stuff the best we can, not not be short not short change our clients. Uh, and and I'm sure you as an association don't short change your members. So, you know. If that's helpful, it's helpful. Otherwise, Definitely. it's a rant from a from an old git.
2: <laughs> no, we we do actually on our CPD page and on our membership criteria page, we do publish um guidance for people who are looking for, for progression training if you like um things that we don't accept for for any membership so you know we're doing as much as we can but as you as you said you know when when you are too strict and you know we were criticized during covid pandemic for being very strict with our um with, with our guidance and i i think that strong leadership was required um I I didn't want to get myself into the position where I was having to retract statements and uh, you know apologise. So I said, you know, this is what we've you know we've consulted and legal representatives. This is what we've decided for our members. And and we probably had six or seven members left because they wanted to continue working, um, you know, when when probably I I thought they shouldn't. Um, But we probably had 150 join on the strength of our um our guidance yeah yeah and and i I think that's what's needed you know i think we as as an industry you know insurers and associations need to work collaboratively it was one of your words um you know to to promote these standards and maintain the standards you know and i I talk to katie you know frequently and and i'm always impressed by that you know the answers that i get and 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 how much they're willing to help us and if they don't know the information they'll go and they'll, they'll call me back that day and, I, and i'm quite happy to to give general advice to my members but you know i do stress the point that i'm not regulated by the financial conduct Authority, so i can't give specific insurance advice but i can give them advice about the affinity scheme that we we hold with yourselves sure. um, and just try and take away some of the administrative you know queries that, that you might get which i could quite willingly and, and, and ably answer um we're very or...
1: much in your in your in your gratitude sir <laughs> um the other thing just to say i noticed that you've surreptitiously stuck our shiny new website on the I screen want to bring up. you Thank keep
0: you. talking i'm gonna put it on full screen so people watching yeah, can, i do uh, keep be... talking i'm sorry i'll shut oh, up to no, but, i, I mean go.
1: that 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 screen is showing you our new website and on there as i was explaining before we went online it's more of an educational site rather than a salesy site, um, we will develop more and more portals so you can communicate with us without having to go through the phone line, uh, as I said earlier. But uh, one of the things that I think you'll find quite helpful, if you look on educational resources, um, which I think you found there, it's CPD Films, the last eight or nine years of our lectures, the library of that is is in that place, and it's free access for you, whether you're insured with us or not. And uh, you can look at some of these uh, things on all sorts of topics, uh, not just legal stuff, um, health and well-being stuff, client therapeutic relations stuff, research, uh, big picture health, you know, social prescribing, mental, emotional health, all sorts of stuff on there. Um, And uh, as I say, it's worth if you get a spare minute, you want a bit of CPD, you can watch some of those films, too.
0: Definitely. I mean, that's bailins.co.uk, people. If you're not, if you can't see the screen, and there is so much information on there. I was having a look around on there before, and again, it's like how we started off. You think insurance company—they're just going to take your money and that's it. That's what insurance companies do, because it's like the films, and it's like it's just this, this just false image we've got of you. But when you look at your website, you can see basically the input that you've had in it. There's so much information there, which is above and beyond just taking money for insurance. So it's definitely something worth looking at, people. And we'll make sure the link goes into um, the podcast notes so I guess yeah say.
2: no what what I was going to say was on David's point there that if you know if if the STA members who are watching or listening in if they want to to use some of those um the, those video that video content for their cPD then you know we are currently we, we we all produce a cpd statement at the end of the year when we renew but um scott and i are working on uh, an an interactive document where um it will give you guidance on how to produce your cpd statement and one of the things that we we, we including is that when you watch a, a video um you know that we, we have a reflective practice so that you'll you know watch a video, write a couple of, of paragraphs of of whether it was new learning, whether it was a revisiting or revision, um how it will inform your practice um, or whether you want to argue with it you know we, i don 't agree with this because or I agree with this because you know and so we are we are flexible with our cpd policy we don't provide training you know we, we don't make people pay for training, but we do provide these web chats and um and and lots of resources for our members. Um, so, yeah, I, I thank you for that resource, David, and I'll have a look.
1: That's no, a pleasure. Uh, the other thing just to say is that um, we deliberately don't theme our conferences and have our lecture content as therapy specific. Uh, we feel that professional associations do that. We don't want to tread on their feet. What we're more interested in is bringing bigger picture stuff in or stuff from doctors and researchers and people that maybe you wouldn't normally come into contact with that are kind of talking about global um, or you know bigger, as I say, bigger picture issues. So, um, you know, and there is some some good people there. Professor David Peters, George Lewis, Paul D-Diet, uh Rob Vicker, all sorts of doctors and other people bringing their angle on things. And uh, there is some quite interesting talks. There is even one about the Advertising Standards Authority and how you should, uh, you know, be careful with the language you choose and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's quite a variety.
0: Great. Fantastic stuff. Well, look, it's, um, it's nine oh six already. Um, so, um, Gary, have you got anything else particularly you want to say whilst we've got people's attention? Uh, well, I'm comments. just going to
2: yeah, just follow up on David's point there. That you know what the, what the STA web chat does is it it does exactly the same as you've described. You know, we, we look at the periphery, and what Matt Matt's done over the past year is he's invited some really uh, you know high quality esteemed guests to talk about things that that as a sports therapist or a sports massage therapist may not be your you know your first of call you know and we, we've tried to open the the eyes and the ideas of our members to a wider audience and we, we've, we've talked about things on the periphery as I said we've talked about men's pelvic health women's pelvic health we, we're talking about endometriosis coming up we're tackling the subjects that don't usually get tackled you know we, we're trying to do things differently to other associations we're trying to make that connection with our members and we're trying to encourage our members to to make a connection with their clients. You know, it's not about stacking up CPD and, you know, I've got 25 modalities that I can use. It's about the therapeutic alliance is a, is a buzzword, a buzz phrase at the moment. You know, it's how we can work together for the benefit of the client because that's what we're here for at the end of the day. We're trying to make people better. And we're not mm. trying to fix them. We're trying to facilitate an improvement. So, um, you know, that's what that's what we're all about.
0: Very good. Mm. I like it. Yeah, it's all healthcare, isn't it? And and then, and the more we do work with other professionals, and the more we kind of break down these borders, the more we can help the person who comes to see us rather than just getting reputation for massaging a a quad, a rectus femoris, or a semi It's all past that now. We're getting people who come to see us. And because people come to see us who are in pain and discomfort, we need to be aware of what else could be causing that pain and discomfort and refer them on to maybe rheumatology. Like we had the uh, chat there with Jack March and uh, the male pelvic health. And so, yeah, I'm hoping it's working. We're getting good feedback um and today we've realized now that even the insurance company who you thought was the letter that came to the post mind you had to pay them more is actually part of that healthcare system without a doubt um, and it's definitely another angle to people who can help you and you can help them and we can all kind of help the the people together our patients and clients so thank you very much Dave for coming along we didn't get a chance to talk about interplay or bill evans or anything or i was going to talk about bucky pizzarelli and have a chat about some jazz guitar next time maybe we'll have to do I'm that i'm still
1: playing jazz so uh, yeah
0: oh, i'm gonna look out for that cd coming out as well i will have to link to that can't wait
1: i'm very interested. i'll send you it's uh, it's uh i would say it's a tapestry of sounds songs chants, um and instrumentals so uh, it's uh i'm calling it moments in time and it's just snapshots of my life over the last 20 30 years
0: yeah it sounds or maybe yeah. more
1: so
2: seen, uh, yeah quite I if you like point it
0: point. oh i can't wait
2: <laughs> i'm i'm looking forward to being on hold i'm gonna i'm gonna ring up tomorrow at a <laughs> busy time go on well on.
0: you probably have
1: plenty of practice on that one at the moment i'm afraid yeah but uh we're working on it we're working on it
2: yeah you and you know anything? as i said
1: if any of you you know get to hear of things that that don't quite sound right or don't quite marry up to what i've said tonight about standards and you know as i said it's sometimes quite easy for things to happen and you know we it, we can put it right if we know about it but sometimes we don't always get the full information from the client not just um you know yeah. whether we've allowed a course that maybe is is a bit light so um, it's work in progress you know we it, it's all work in progress isn't it and i'd like get to thank you me. guys uh, before i go matt you've done brilliantly you you just you know very cool, very relaxed, very effective. Um, yeah, superb communication. Gary, also, thank you for, for you know, all that you've said and about, you know, trying to strike those, the right note. And um, I'm glad to see all those people joined you because, you know, you stood by your leadership values.
2: And that's so, so important.
0: Thank you, Good man, good leader, not a manager is a leader um i'll just
2: if i may i just finish up apologize i've not answered those questions um i i haven't got access to the chat i can see the questions but i can't type anything in so yeah hi brian sorry i missed you, you your point earlier mate <laughs> um yeah thank you very much indeed appreciate you both of your time again
0: thank you annabelle so, so Vito, that uh... Okay, pronunciation wise, uh, says these podcasts are so informative. I've learned so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. It's always great to get feedback. Don't ever feel embarrassed about telling us how good we are. We love it. We've all imposter syndrome. We don't believe it. We just think we're kind of blagging it. But so it's really nice to hear positive feedback. Please send it through. M Turner as well has been kind enough to say, nice to see the face and hear the voice behind the yearly invoice. Isn't that great? That's how I'm that is the tagline for today's episode. There's actually a person behind. Balins, and it's That's not the Balin. voice of
1: romance, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, so next Tuesday, I'm on holiday next Tuesday, aren't I? So it's going to be up to, uh, very exciting for, um, once again, Mike Grice is going to be, let's have some solo here for Mike. Uh, Mike Grice is going to be here with Gary um, for an episode um, entitled Graduate Sports Therapists, What Career Options?, I couldn't fit any more characters on that. So that's going to be the title. Um, and there's going to be guests um, from the STA as well, graduate sports therapists to discuss that. So it should be a, a nice inform, uh, information packed um, episode for you. I will be back the week afterwards um, where Gary's already mentioned, we're going to have an endometriosis special um, where there will be that topic to discuss again, something which maybe a lot of people don't know about, uh, but we're fortunate to have special guest Deborah Thurlow Rowley here to uh, talk about that. Um, and her own story Um, and it should be um, yeah again something which um, will help you help others which is what our industry is all about um so on behalf of myself and dave Balin without an s and gary benson i wish you all well and um yeah we'll see you next tuesday for sports w association podcast um, at eight o'clock on tuesday thanks dave see you later gary
2: take care see you all bye
0: You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about.